It's like an untapped, there's this untapped potential now to go back to that and look and see, well, hey, what can we learn from the data that we have? Right. Right. And you're, yeah. Okay. Episode, anybody know the episode number? Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 68. Who do we have? Robin Kroll. Jen Pugsley. Chris O'Neill. All right, welcome everyone. Hello. It's been a while since we've done an insurance podcast, not because we're lazy, just because we're so busy, (laughs) which is still not an excuse. But we were also trying to do this in the office, Mm. which was part of our, our new objective, and we were also have an objective to get many more guests because we, we do have a lot of relationship. We've had some guests on this year, right. In insurance, Mm -hmm. but we want to bring more guests and, um, and that's hard when everybody's very busy trying to get to their marketing objectives for 2021 and finish the year strong. So just us today, just us today, but at least we're consistent. That's what I like about this show. (laughs) Do we call it a show? (laughs) It's a show. Yeah, it is a show. It's a show, it's right? A show. At least we're yeah. consistent. It's the same people, you know. Yeah. So if you hate us, then you ha- you stopped listening a long time ago. But if you're still listening to some degree, then I guess that's a good sign. You must like us. Yeah. Just getting more out of your CRM. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did do one, thanks to our producer, Cam, that talked about the rise of CRM within the insurance broker. This one's going to be aimed at organizations that already have a CRM. I think, the, you know, those that don't or in the early stages of putting a CRM in, I think will still benefit from uh, from the content here. But the idea is that we do have many customers within the uh, the network space or the carrier space or the broker brokerage space or MGA space that, you know, they had CRMs for a while now. And mm-hmm. they're looking to kind of take that next step or or really leverage what they've got. And we've seen some trends kind of even on the front lines um, uh, within recent sales opportunities that you know, really kind of underscore this. So we thought we'd get into a few of the of the recurring themes and see if we can add some value in the in, in this topic of getting more out of your CRM. We're still going to talk about marketing and how it integrates with marketing automation in your programs, because that's a big part of how we look at CRM. So maybe we'll start off with that differentiation and then we'll pass it over to Chris and then go around the table. So, you know, there are a few different, I guess, CRM integration strategies that exist. I think for the most part, what we've seen within this industry is that for brokers anyway, the BMS or the policy management system, and even within carriers and MGAs, they've got variations of that. Those are really the system of truth to a large degree or really to the entire system of record is really there, but from a uh, customer, from, from like the front end of the customer integration or the customer experience, certainly from a net new business or relationship of like upselling, cross-selling, and just that whole, uh, that whole kind of ongoing Mm. communications that you would do through your customer base or new or new business space, those systems tend to not uh, sort of measure up. But for the most part, they're going to manage the back end of the business. Now, there are other organizations that take their CRM 
you know, quite far like Goose Digital. I mean, we use ours kind of right up until we we bill. So it's 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 kind of a lot more than just the uh, the sales and marketing or the ongoing customer relationship. It's really fundamental to sort of how we track deals and and contracts and who has what and what products they have. But for this industry, it yeah. seems to be that they they don't really go to that that end. And it tends to be more on the sales and marketing. So why don't we talk a bit about that? Chris, you can start and lead us off. Yeah, great. <clears throat> so, you know, the, the, um, the business is, is, is largely for brokers anyways, an annuity business. So having that policy management in place and having good sort of systems around managing, um, you know, your existing customer base and, and uh, communicating with them is really important. And really, that's where the, the policy management BMS really does a really good job. Where people have been kind of squeezing additional life out of it is when they try to do things to kind of mimic CRM kind mm -hmm. of functions. So managing opportunities. Managing opportunities, you know, there is capability within all the BMSs or most of the BMSs to, to manage that. It's, um, let's say it is uh, lightweight in terms of that, you know, capability and functionality. And so what we're seeing in the, on the front lines is that a lot of uh, brokers who are, are you know, thinking growth, they're, they're looking at ways to give themselves more visibility around what is happening on the, yeah. uh, like uh, com what's coming in. And that, of course, you know, for a while it was like, well, it's about leads. Mm -hmm. So it's about kind of managing uh, and, and driving additional leads for my sales reps to talk to. Um, which is, of course, important to have that uh, to have that going on. But you know, it it kind of falls down when you are are looking at okay, managing and having visibility around the leads that are coming in, how they are mm -hmm. being managed, and basically a, a sales funnel or a a sales pipeline is not really well um, sort of. It can't be articulated very well within those BMSs. So more and more, where people are transitioning away from just measuring sort of lead volume is what's happening where is our our system failing us or our you know our our uh, organization failing us in terms of converting these leads or these opportunities into actual sales so you know most of the conversations i have with brokers are around turning this investment into mm -hmm. roi and usually you know the, the 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 conversations around how is it that you're managing your pipeline and what and, and what is your more pipeline? often than not what, what, is, what your is your pipeline, pipeline? yeah yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like it's it's on the individual. It's a it's it's a a spreadsheet is mm -hmm. what it usually yeah. is. So the spreadsheet gives you some kind of like harsh reality about how long things have been sitting in there, and it's usually on a, a rep by rep, you know, producer by producer basis. Maybe it's a spreadsheet that gets shared, but it, there's no sort of holistic sort of view or analysis as to where it is that in the pipeline things are are not happening so more and more we're, we're seeing um, brokers look at their sales pipeline um, and again this is a theme that we've been sort of consistently you know across all of the uh, verticals that we deal with is that you know, the focus going from everything has to be about lead generation to what's happening in the pipeline yeah. so that is consistent with what we're we're hearing in other industries as well so being able to kind of take that that CRM which is now extremely mature okay so the CRMs have been around since uh, you know the early odds um, they have you know they've been competing with each other for functionality feature yeah. and so forth so they are 
pretty good. Like you can take them a really, you know, you can take them a long way in terms of managing your operation as well. But the, the, the key thing around the, the pipeline is being able to sort of predict what, what am I doing to, uh, to, you know, how am I using the CRM to better predict what I can generate in terms of revenue and how mm -hmm. is that CRM best, how, how can I, I sort of position it properly so that I can get that value out of it? Because that's that's yeah. where the value actually sits. Uh, just to expand on that, Chris, like I think, you know, for for companies big and small, even for us and B2B, this is not specific to insurance, but, you know, what you're saying about predict your pipeline, I think that in the next three to five years, and we kind of heard some of this at, at IBAO, is that companies should be focused when, when it comes to building their strategy for their CRM, mm -hmm. it really needs to be about how do we build a pipeline? How do we transition from an Excel sheet or even a notebook or even whatever's, you know, a, a disjointed framework, right, to how do we build an ongoing pipeline for the next three to five years? Because that's how your sales are going to come in. That's that's yeah. what the new paradigm looks like. So, well, I think, and I, you know, maybe Robin, you can get into this because you brought this up before. And I know we've talked, we've talked about marketing automation, but I don't think as heavily in terms of the, um, the scope of the CRM. But if you're talking about kind of building out a pipeline, so to speak, and, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of advantages of having those systems, you know, those different pipeline stages working together, right. With, with your automation system and your CRM. So maybe we could get a bit into like, you know, when you're building your pipeline or, or enhancing your pipeline. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of, you know, the conversations that, that uh, Chris and Jen and I are all in. And when we're talking about the, the visibility of the pipeline, mm -hmm. there's also the conversation. Well, if I can see where a lead is within that stage, what's the action? What's going to happen? Because if you're still relying on a manual effort from your sales team to remember that when a lead reaches a particular stage, they then have to pick up yeah. the phone or, or you know reach out via an email, that's still really a really heavy burden on the sales team, and we we know that that's not going to happen or many times it's not going to happen and that's a that's a perfect way for a marketing automation tool which will integrate where we have that visibility you've got these leads that you know might drop off at a, at a particular stage and in comes the marketing automation platform to go ahead and say oh these are all your leads are at the stage we haven't heard from them in X amount of time. Let's get this really personalized communication coming from that salesperson that goes out and reaches them and tries to re-engage them. So when you're looking at that, that uh, you know, the pipeline and you're inserting these marketing automation steps, what you're also going to be able to start seeing is, oh, you know what, that flow is continuing because the marketing automation is helping it push along. So it's really the two working together and having the visibility to see how one is helping the other move along. And so when we, we have, say, we have some, and just so finally, when we explain this to customers and prospects, there's a little bit of a light bulb that goes off in their head saying, okay, this makes sense. And I understand how this can really help drive the leads. Yeah. So we have the concept of, the pipeline visibility becoming more of a 
uh, priority. And I, I don't think that, that, that these organizations, especially some of the larger ones, have zero visibility into their pipeline, but they, they certainly don't have maybe what we would, we could classify as like a more, a more mature pipeline and, and um, you know, attribution sort of framework, you know, out of their CRM where they, and probably that's, you know, really going to be segmented to your point, Robin, so that if you're talking about, you know, certain commercial lines products, those are going to be treated a lot differently than, you know, something that's coming in and, and potentially needs to close quickly. But I think the other thing, when we look at the sort of the next one that we wrote down around sales flow or sales workflows, or just, you know, this ties into like our last area of data and insights, but I don't want to go there yet. Mm-hmm. You know, the CRM needs to be used. So I think part of the yeah. challenge or part of the struggle that we talked about at the beginning around the BMS is not having all the all the sort of sophistication that these like you said chris a 20 plus year crm that's been battling it out for for 15 years in the market and and is now fairly robust part of that is just ease of use and it's there's a whole bunch of uh um quality of life features for the users that are using the system but at the end of the day they still need to be used because then if you're not using them so jen maybe you could get into you know we've got you know large carrier clients that you know they have these crms and and they've yeah. had them for years, but maybe they're not using them, and they don't they they're not really bought into sort of like okay now that we have a pipeline you know commitment you know obviously the the, the regional the regional sales representatives everyone needs to be kind of like aligned to actually use this thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, you know I I feel that the the marketing leads that we you know primarily deal with they they understand the value, and I think they understand the value because we we come up against walls within marketing automation programs and campaigns where we want to drive deeper, but we need to, we need the data in order to dive, mm-hmm. you know, to, to go deeper. Um, you know, I think that, I think that there's, there's, there's a lot of silos. I think that, um, I think, it, I think it is changing, but it's about, realizing that adoption and, and building in a strategic plan to go in and have your regional sales guys go and use the platform and mm-hmm. update the platform. Um, you can even automate a lot of that workflow if, you know, there's, there's pain points around going and getting the data. Um, so I think that there's a way, but I, I, I feel that if you're, you, you'll start to feel in a 24 month journey of your marketing automation journey, where you're starting to really need good quality data in your CRM yeah. um, in order to power these campaigns and the reporting. Um, so I think, and, and real-time reporting, I think another thing that we see with, with you know, quarterly business reviews and monthly reports that they're really, really good, they're labor intensive, but they're also out of date a week later. Sure. Right. So I don't know if that's kind of where you were going. I, I, I was, you know, when my career in insurance started, I, I started in a call center. So although we didn't have a CRM, it was very much like working at HP. So it was a systematic approach to entering data. And I think that a lot of, you know, I think that was rare, mm-hmm. you know, a rare in the industry, whereas these carriers, you know, they have data sitting over in very, very legacy systems. Um, they kind of just put a broker in there or a brokerage in there and and it's kind of an afterthought whereas there's so much power at the at the broker level and the brokerage level to impact revenue impact new business retention even underwriting if 
if we could make a concerted effort to every quarter improve the data that's going into those systems. I think one of the, the challenges is when an organization who doesn't have all you know their platforms connected or integrated, the first thing they do is they look at, oh, this is the effort to go ahead and integrate it. They're yes. not looking at the other side, which is the, the, benefits. the benefits and the value. Um, you know, we often talk about use cases as a way of, of demonstrating a value of an action. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's another potential way in, within this same situation to understand the potential value that when you do put in the effort to update the CRM, when you do put in that one-time effort to set up some form of integration, but then look at all the incremental things that you can do and the incremental value that you get, mm -hmm. both from a revenue and from an efficiencies perspective. But even how you cut through the noise. So let's just, if we say the B2B side, I'm a broker, right? We all know that every communication that X carrier sends me, I'm getting that times three, right? Or times 30, let's say 30 markets, 20 markets, right? So how do you really, it is about personalization. It is about that one-to-one. -one. And how do you get to that one-to-one? -one? Mm -hmm. You have to leverage it from clean data. Yeah, so, so cutting through the noise is one of those use cases, right? So we, I mean, I'm sure we can pull right. up stats, um, you know, uh, open rates, engagement rates, when mm -hmm. there's a communication yeah, sure. that is yeah. personalized versus not. So mm -hmm. that that's just right. a perfect high-level example of, you know, just a couple of uh, data points that if you can integrate from your CRM, from your map, this is what you're able to do, how you're able to power up your marketing. You know, and if we go over to data for a sec, I don't know if we're no, there we're yet. No, we're not there yet. Okay, okay. I'd like to, I'd like to wait because <laughs> I want to hear from Chris, but I, I want to throw something okay. on top before he goes in. I think we, okay. I think it is important to sort of raise this conversation up a little higher because I think, you know, when we drive it from a marketing perspective or we're driving it from, um, you know, that kind of sales operations, marketing operations perspective, we have a lot of ideas. And what we're really saying is that if the business wants to execute a strategy, and this is really this is really raising the conversation up. So if the business has a growth strategy in mind, that the most efficient and effective way to execute those growth strategies are really through these platform layers. But if you if you get that wrong and if you have a marketing team that's sort of, you know, they're they're swimming upstream trying to get something done. Then you run into a roadblock like, well, we, we, you know, we never that cross sell, you know, is what sounded good, but it's not something that's strategic. So, Chris, maybe mm -hmm. you could kind of take us there. Yeah. So, um, um, I was I was feeling what what Robin was saying about that um, about sort of compartmentalizing things around things like conversations around integration. So, usually, what that indicates is that. Uh, is that the 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 actual value of the platforms and what they can do to gro yeah. drive growth is not as it's not clearly understood because if the if the first uh, you know sort of question that comes up is about integration we know that there are so many different sort of options out there when it comes to CRM and Map that it's like that is that is a very you know sort of 
it's, it's almost like the last thing to, to sort of worry about, because if you can't sort of, you know, build your, uh, you know, your your uh, operation around the, the growth strategy, just just like on paper before you start throwing platforms mm-hmm. at it, then you're, you're already sort of upside down. You're like backing in to, you know, to mm-hmm. any kind of solution. So um, so I guess what I would say is that the most of the best sort of conversations that we have start with what it is that is not being delivered right now from a visibility standpoint, from a, um, from a predictability standpoint of what it is that my business could look like in six months. And then as we sort of have seen in some of the other industries, it was CRM first yeah. and then map mm-hmm. on top. Mm-hmm. Many times we're sort yeah. of having it sort of like, again, map first and then putting the CRM underneath. But if you don't have that holistic sort of conversation around what is it we're actually trying to do, never mind about like the, the you know, the, that you're, you're going to be asked at some point, does it integrate? Like, is it like a clean integration? That's going to come up. But the, 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 the thing that we need to really focus on is what is it that we need to do? to give the people that are driving the growth in the organization the tools they need yeah. to actually deliver. Yeah, well, I think it goes growth. back to the That's potential. the en- question. I was going to say potential energy, but the potential value of these opportunities that Robin said in that strategic conversation, which is sort of what you're touching on, Chris, as well, to say if if that conversation's happening, so we've got a, you know, we've got a diagram that shows use cases that cover kind of new business and 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 customer marketing and how those can those are like a starting point for for um, someone to look at and say yeah hey you know what we've got a type of cross sell or we've got a type of of new business campaign that is really strategic to us in the business and it happens to be we'll just use a, a really bad example of you know selling snow tires or something to people that don't have that policy or something like that right so I think it starts there and it's partly mapping out that potential value in terms of getting more out of your CRM. Because if you say, well, we think we've got six of these strategies and they're, if we do them really well, they're worth $2 million of premium. Yes. If we do them okay, you know, right. they're worth a million. If we do them so-so, they're worth 750 And then everyone looks yeah. at that and says... Okay, like that's maybe chunky enough, big enough, exciting enough for us to go after. And then, well, you're not going to do that without the right. So you're not doing that on spreadsheets. You're not going to do that without the right type of data agenda to your point. And certainly you're going to want to have um, the right type of pipeline visibility. Probably not the same visibility that you have today because you're probably not firing on so many cylinders. It's per- likely not a silver bullet. In, in as we know in a lot of these organizations, not like one thing turns into eight million of premium, you know, put a hundred K in and right. eight million of premium comes out. Probably not that, right? It's probably right. more a lot of a little things that need to be structured well through the CRM, into the map, get the right type of data around it. But it really does start with that potential uh, opportunity yeah. value and getting that strategic buy-in so that everyone is aligned on on that from the top down. Yeah, I think that we're in those conversations all the time. And I think that um, I I find the marketing departments really have to push that conversation. It's happening more and more every day. But I find it's very exciting because I feel like that conversation is actually starting to happen. Whereas why wouldn't you? If you're you're going out and you're going to go spend $20,000 on a campaign, why wouldn't you? 
try tie it to new business revenue. Mm-hmm. Like that's, but but I don't think it 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 inherently goes there right away. But it's starting to go there, and and I think it's because they have distro, you know, there's there's all this everything's disjointed but when you can start to have that conversation you can start to see that opportunity then your campaign number one is going to perform far better than it than it was before and then you have something to actually go up to the business to say hey yeah this so is i think that goes into stream. data and that goes into like maybe robin if you could kick us so you're you're, you're you've had a crm two three years now three four maybe longer now business has some some strategies as well, but I think part of our role is coming in and saying, well, we've had a look at your data. We've had a look at what's in your CRM. Plus we've talked to you about your strategies. We think we can take your strategies plus some additional ones that you may not be aware of. And that might be worth X amount to your business. Does that make sense? If so, let's go build a plan around that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of companies, when they first implement a CRM, they see it as, as a repository for data. So whether it's you know, their leads go in there partially, their customers are in there a bit, they're not really lo- looking at it as a tool to be really uh, strategic. So being able to understand, you know, connecting those dots. So what we talked about, you know, we were talking about the whole uh, lead management and sales flow. So to be able to understand, well, this is where we're, we've been driving leads from. And if we look at it from a funnel perspective, well, how many of those leads did we actually convert? What is our return on investment? Well, that's a really powerful report. So you can then go back and say, well, let's look at the channels where we actually drove the highest return on inve- investment. And guess what? That's a pretty good direction of where I should go invest further versus those channels that, uh, you know, the revenue was less, the leads were fewer. Maybe I'm going to look at that uh, a, a little bit differently. And the when we have been showing uh, prospects, the um, the reporting that comes with these CRM platforms, I think they're absolutely astounded the level of detail yeah. of what they're able to see. So we're talking about that funnel flow, being able to look at revenue uh, by quarter, by channel, being able to look at the revenue attribution. So if a lead came in through a Google ad, but maybe that lead also visited your Facebook page, uh, maybe that lead went ahead and downloaded uh, some kind yeah. of a, you know, a, a white paper about policy changes. So understanding, oh, that lead actually took those three steps and went ahead and be able and went ahead and converted. Yeah. Uh, so the, these are really powerful. And when we when we uh, build these reports, we share them with the customers. Um, they they really understand why this investment. Um, in a CRM, the investment of the, the map plus the CRM, because they're seeing that there's activities that are being pushed along by the map, that this is where they really need to be from a visibility perspective. Sometimes we go uh, to the detail of talking about, um, in, you know, sometimes it's just that straight revenue attribution. We drove X leads. This is how much mm-hmm. we netted in premium. But there's also insurance clump. Um, so brokers now are actually reacting when we talk about this thing like revenue attribution saying, mm-hmm. oh, we understand that a client doesn't come straight through the funnel. They go to many different places. They're actually interested in resonating with that. Mm-hmm. And then also being able to mm-hmm. talk about how can we use 
this reporting to go ahead and uncover opportunities for our customers. Again, we have all this great data there. Um, you know, whether it's looking at making sure we have the right data so we can go ahead and trigger a really personalized renewal campaign or uh, a cross a cross sell, which can really focus on a couple of key pain points. You know, being able to to really educate them on the fact that these are all opportunities using data um, and using the CRM to help drive growth. Uh, and these are some some relevations that that we're seeing. You know, Robin, you hit on something I think is, which is interesting, right? In terms of the customer marketing is that even if you started, like let's say you're a smaller outfit, um, you know, and you've got some complexities with, with connecting your BMS with your CRM and your marketing automation platform to, to power customer marketing, you could, you could simply start at just the new business that you're driving. So sure. if all of your leads in your new business was flowing through to your new CRM, that, you know, well, customer welcome, um, cross sell, so on and so forth would you start with just that segment, right? And that would get you, you know, so you don't have to tackle everything at once. Yeah. But I, I yeah. And, you know, I think that, the, you know, those that have a CRM and I think, you know, you've said for a long time, Chris, you know, if you're looking for growth and I think that that's kind of a key indicator, at least at the management level, you know, depending on the organization and, and what growth really means to them as a strategy, it might be nuanced if you're a big carrier. Um, but regardless, I think it starts with that growth and really trying to nail down at the executive level what what does that mean to us and what are we you know what do we think the value of that is that potential value of of those growth strategies again probably more than one and mm -hmm. and then wrapping around you know these these adjustments to your crm you know if you need to be going off and doing data cleanse exercises or append whatever whatever the details are underneath that i think you know yes it's exciting that marketing teams and agencies are pushing these messages, you know, into the business units. But, you know, we've seen time and time again, where it does fall down, it gets too, it's too high up. And then all of a sudden, you know, it wasn't, it didn't have that strategic connection to um, what the business really, you know, was mm -hmm. hoping to get out of it and or, you know, what their hopes and dreams are generally with with growth. So I think that's really important. If you're if you're talking about these CRMs, they're they're not inexpensive if you've got one, you know, you've which is this really this podcast is angled at those who have one. And if you do, then, you know, going back up to that strategy once a year and saying between our new business and what's in our our book, what what are we trying to what are we trying to achieve? What what do we want to invest yeah. in? Okay. Jen and I were having an interesting conversation yesterday about um, kind of like switch outs. So you've got a customer that has been using a CRM platform for a number of years. They decide that really what they, they really need to do is to switch it out for another CRM platform. And it's like, you know, nine times out of 10, the platform was fine. It was like just the use of the yeah. platform that didn't quite measure up. And so, you know, again, like unless you're you're talking about the difference between a Salesforce and one of the many, many sort of, uh, you know, 
you know, smaller, like less, less fully featured, um, you know, CRMs, you know, the functionality and capability, you know, across those mid-market leaders are all pretty much the same. So, you know, if you haven't tied it, if you haven't tied that platform to your strategy of growth, then chances are you're probably going to end up blaming that CRM for not giving you the value that you were expecting. Or I would Um, say, Chris, uh, I think there isn't, there is a bit of an argument for this. And we've, we've talked about this before, for people that have CRMs and looking to do more with them or may fall into this category of highly frustrated, you know, the, you can take these CRM implementations extremely far and and it it doesn't take long to take them too far where there's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fields. There's a lot of considerations now that goes into what that field does and how it's going to affect something over here and CRM systems and integrators, you know, they love that because mm-hmm. their their role is to continuously customize these these environments to the nth degree and and you know so mm-hmm. I, I can see a place maybe where you know like you said it likely was not the platform itself it's just that you're you might be pinning it on the platform but at the end of the day it could be that the environment was so heavily configured if you want to call it that or customized that you know, you need to re-implement it, but you know, it might just be re-implementing Salesforce because you're trying to shed, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that you don't require (laughs) anymore. Right. So. Well, well, so, so often, like not, not to make too fine a point on this, but it's like, you've got a CRM and uh, the sales leader or the operations leader is constantly making little tweaks to uh, and asking like the programming team to yeah. add yes. another field to yeah. do something else, and before you know it, it's basically a train out yeah. of control, and and you, you you're not you've now lost the whole purpose of having the yeah. CRM in the first place, and sort of it's being replaced by individual little efficiencies yeah, yeah. that you're creating, and it's like it, it doesn't it doesn't actually work together. So again, going back to that uh, that sort of overall strategy, you know. Uh, I've, I've so many times I've had a conversation where somebody is basically saying, you know, I know that we, you know, that we need to make, make better use of our CRM, but how do you do that without really looking at what value yes. you're getting out of it now? Yes. And then more importantly, where is it that you, where do you yeah. want to take it? Like, you know, let's talk about the business. Let's never talk about technology standing right. there by itself. It has to basically be tied to that uh, yeah. growth plan or that you know, transition plan, whatever it is that you want. Um, and of course, uh, you know, getting the, yeah. getting the all, star, all starts with the strategy, right? Chris got to go back yeah. up there and then yeah. look at the technology. All right. Well, that's the first time using Riverside as a, as a podcast platform. So hopefully this turned out. Okay. And thanks everyone until next thanks, time. Everyone. Bye. Bye. All right. Peace.